Hey, Second Cup listeners, this is Deidre Braley, author and host of the Second Cup blog and podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today for episode seven of the Joshua Year series, Fear, Freedom, and What Happens in Between. Before we kick off today's episode called Scared to Death, I want to quickly tell you about the Simple Christmas Advent Guide that I just released yesterday. So the heart behind this Advent Guide, it came from a conversation that I had with a friend where we were joking that our favorite times to celebrate the Christmas season were in October and in January, because those were the times when um, we weren't feeling busy and chaotic and pressured to do all of the things that come with culture's idea of how we should celebrate Christmas. And it got me thinking about how unfair and how backwards it feels that a season that is meant to be holy and restful and filled with quiet anticipation actually gets twisted into something that leaves us weary, exhausted, and just wishing that it would be over sometimes, whether we want to admit it or not. And so I created the Simple Christmas Advent Guide, which serves sort of as like an advent calendar. There's um, a page for each day in December leading up to December 25th. And each day you will be invited to commune with the Lord by saying a short prayer, um, to contemplate his word by reading or listening to an assigned scripture. And there's actually a hyperlink for each piece of scripture. So you can click on it and I will read it to you. You'll be invited to consider a tip for simplifying some aspect of Christmas season, whether that's um, decorating, learning how to make a homemade wreath, um, cooking and learning how to put together an easy charcuterie board, easy gift giving, um, handling and navigating tension in relationships. And then you'll be invited also to schedule a pause each day and cease everything and just to be. It's mixed with original poetry and uh, short devotions and how-tos and ideas for parties. And it's just a really fun guide that's meant to help you tackle the Christmas season with intentionality and to make it to Christmas Day feeling more rested and joyful than you did when you began on December 1st. So I hope you'll check it out. I'll put the link for the product in the show notes. Um, It's only $5 and it makes a great gift for yourself for the season and also to somebody else. All right. So if you missed episode six of last week, don't tell my husband I napped today. Make sure to go back and check that out. It deals with the fear that we aren't doing enough with our lives, and it actually ties in beautifully with today's episode, Scared to Death. Today, we're going to talk about being afraid to die, and I have done a ton of research on this topic for a personal project that I'm working on, and I just want to stop and say that if this is something you struggle with or that you want to press into, I would really, really recommend checking out the book, The Greatest Gift by Henri Nguyen. And that's spelled H-E-N-R-I, like the French spelling of Henry. Actually, everything he writes is so gentle and generous, and I would really recommend checking him out. I also say that talking about death can be a really difficult topic. 
But I also think it's one of those things that's constantly in our minds that maybe we aren't mm, we aren't paying much attention to. But if we don't take some time to look it in the eye and reach some sort of understanding with it, the fear that lives inside of us around it and the anxiety can begin to mount and mount and it can really interfere with our ability to live our lives well and to experience a fullness of joy. And that's what we want to do today. We want to live with a fullness of joy. We want to be uninhibited by any fears or anxieties. And so we're going to tackle this one today with um, courage and know that this is a topic that I am super passionate about and we're just going to barely touch the surface today, but I'd love to hear your um, feedback on this and whether this is something that you're interested in because I have a lot more where this came from. So let's jump in. It's hard to be human because we're the only living creatures that are aware that we're going to die someday. It feels so wrong. It goes against our very nature. Ecclesiastes 3.11 said that God put eternity in our hearts, but our bodies have a time limit, and living in that tension can be debilitating. There aren't very many people I know who aren't at least a little afraid of death, at least if they're brave enough to tell the truth. Sometimes I think that death is a very complicated thing. And other times, I think it's very simple, maybe more simple than we make it. I can think of all sorts of reasons why we feel afraid to die. We think maybe it will hurt or there will be no one to take care of our families. That's something that I worry about most is our children. I think about them without me and that is something that causes me to lay awake at night. Um, or maybe we are afraid that it's just going to cause our loved ones lots of grief when we leave them. Maybe nobody at all will remember us. We talked about that last week in episode six, or we worry that our lives are just a single filament of light that will be put out when we're gone. Or we live in terror because we don't know what day death will come and how. We're afraid that we won't be able to travel to France or see our grandchildren graduate or dance the funky chicken at our niece's wedding before it sneaks up on us one day. But I think the scariest thing for us about death is that we don't know what comes afterwards. Of course, in that Bible, we have information about What to expect to Jesus tells us a little bit about the house of his father. And we have glimpses of what um, a new heaven and earth will look like. But in reality, we in our human brains and hearts cannot possibly begin to understand what heaven will be like. And... That's just part of our human condition. When we don't know what to expect next, it can be paralyzing. Most of my life, um, up until a couple of years ago when I went through this Joshua year, I kind of acknowledged death as something 
inconvenient that I would inevitably have to deal with someday, but certainly not anytime soon. I thought of it sort of like childbirth or wrinkles or retirement funds. And actually now I'm, I've dealt with childbirth and wrinkles. <laughs> um, but I could quite successfully put it out of my mind for days, even weeks, while I tended to the daily tasks that I used to busy my mind so that I didn't have to think about those unpleasant things. Can you relate to that? I think that so many of us can. So many of us are really efficient at keeping our minds busy so that we don't have to think about unpleasant things. But then I noticed that death always has a way of sneaking back in. Sometimes I would feel it easing in next to me when I scanned the starry night sky. Other times I would sit down at night and feel it pop out the footrest on the recliner beside me. I found that even the most beautiful moments, or maybe especially the most beautiful moments, were slightly tainted. I could feel this sense of uneasiness even when everything was going wonderfully. My high school honors English class did not help in this area. I loved showing up to that class each day, book in hand, ready to argue and discuss the themes of our assigned texts. I ate that literature right up. I'm sure you're surprised to hear that. (laughs) But that was before our unit on existentialism. That was before something inside me changed. When we started that new unit, we were assigned to read books like Wilde's Dorian Gray and Kafka's Metamorphosis. We started to talk about topics like the meaningless of li- meaninglessness of life. We talked about a notion of a world where God is a clockmaker and we're the clocks. And he's just the type of God who makes us and sends us on our way and no longer cares what happens to us when we leave the shop. And then, then we talked about a world without a God at all. Huh. One day I was playing soccer and eating junk food with my friends and a couple existential books later, I was lying awake in bed at night, haunted by the most terrifying question I had ever asked myself. If we're all going to die, if we know that's how it's going to inevitably end, then what is even the point of living? Have you ever asked yourself this question before? If you don't have an answer to this question, then you know that it can be crippling. But keep listening. See, people have their own reasons for not believing in God. I know that many of those reasons are bleak and painful and deep. I know how hurt lingers and digs its claws into deep scars on our hearts. I know how they reopen fresh wounds over and over again. And I know that people and rules and preconceived notions can get in the way of knowing God. And I know that sometimes our doubts seem impossible to get past. And trust in something that we can't see seems inconceivable or silly. I know that our society tells us it's not cool or accepting to believe in one true God, and that we must accept everyone's beliefs if we're going to be truly compassionate towards others. I know this. But when I was 16 years old, 
laying in my bunk bed and suddenly worrying that life had no purpose. It was not what society was telling me or science or the prospect of being able to live a hedonistic life that made me well. It was Jesus. Because he in his love was the only thing that gave me any real hope for life after death. Hebrews 2.14 says, Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. See, Jesus knows and he knew that death settles so heavenly, or not heavenly, nope, that it settles heavily on the human soul. He knows that living under the knowledge of it, waiting for it, dreading it, it causes people to experience a soul-crushing anguish. So rather than letting us face our existential crises alone, He died. He became flesh and blood like us, and he died like we have to do so that we could live forever with him in heaven. A few years ago, Ethan and I were driving in the car, and I don't know how it came about, but he asked me, are you afraid to die? It took me a long time to answer. Not because I didn't know. The word yes almost jumped out of my throat before his question was over. It was because as a Christian, I felt like my answer was the wrong one. To say yes would be admitting that a piece of me, a tiny part that I like to hide away, still didn't trust God altogether. That even though Jesus promises that his father's house has many rooms, I couldn't quite see them. And the thought of stepping into a world that I couldn't imagine was unsettling. And I think, as Christians, it's okay to admit when we have fears around death. I think that it's not at all helpful to hide them or to not talk about them. I actually think that it's detrimental to our ability to live fully. To hold on to those fears and ruminate on them instead of engaging in conversation with our community who can give us perspective and hope and remind us of what scripture tells us to be true. I do have to say that um, the thing that has most unsettled me about death um, in the past few years It's just the idea that I may not be able to climb into fresh flannel sheets anymore or to smell that wintry sweet must on the pillowcases before I fall asleep. Sometimes I take a sip of black coffee and it makes me want to cry because it is so good and I know that there will come a day when I can't enjoy it anymore. It's hard to think about leaving this world behind because it is all that we know and almost everything we love is inside it with us right now. I wrote in my journal a few years back, this is an excerpt. Right now, there's snow falling outside my window, gathering like a movie scene on a tall spruce tree on the lawn. 
The world is white and gray light and nature cries out beneath the flurries. Pablo is sighing as he leans against me, every exhale a peaceful little burst. The dryer is tossing clothes around and the rhythmic crackles are a domestic lullaby. My eyes feel heavy and I want to dive beneath my blankets and let them rest. How, I wonder, could streets of gold be more lovely than this? I know the answer, even though I forget it in my heart sometimes. I know how heaven could be more lovely than this. It's because God made it. And unlike this world, when we're in heaven, there will be no existential boogeyman. <laughs> no enemy prowling to take our way to take away our peace and scare us with the threat of death anymore. In heaven, there will be no more turmoil. Not around us in our world, not in our relationships, and not inside our minds and our bodies and our hearts. There will be none. The older that I get, the more that I fall out of love with this world. As if once we were in all of the breathlessness of a new and exciting relationship. But now I see it for what it really is. It's beautiful in its own ways. But at the same time, it's terribly broken. It's got serious flaws. (laughs) Me too. Now that I'm older, I want, I need something better than myself. Something better than this half peace and this half wholeness. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. That desire for something perfect and whole we're not ever going to get here on this dusty earth. I believe that all of the beautiful things God has given to us on earth, they'll also be in heaven. But there will also be other beauties yet unseen and unimagined. 1 Corinthians 2.9 confirms this for us. It says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. And what's else? When we get to heaven, we will no longer feel that vague, unsettling fear that follows us around, even on our most peaceful moments on earth. Instead, we will get to walk with Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, holding their hands and leaning our heads against their strong shoulders. And I like to think, that maybe we'll even get to drink black coffee together. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven today. I'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure you check out the show notes. I'll put a link to Unrenewance book for you on Amazon. I'll also put a link to the Simple Christmas Advent Guide and the scriptures that I quoted today. But I'm sending my love to each of you, and I can't wait to um, have you tune in with me next week for episode eight. Looking forward to our time together then. Bye.